humanity, humanity, the planetary throat center. Visualize the circulation of energies flowing in all directions around the triangle, merging and blending the three points, filling the triangle with light. Now visualize within that triangle a five-pointed indigo star. This is the star of the world teacher, linking east and west, past and future, radiating the energy of love wisdom. At each point of the triangle, the sphere of his activity stands an outpost of his consciousness, the five planetary centers. Visualize the energies radiating forth from the center of the star out through the five points. London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo. Visualize these outpouring energies, enlivening small groups gathering everywhere, aiding them to focus and direct the energies into the consciousness of all humanity, solving its problems, creating right human relations, restoring peace on earth. Projecting a rainbow bridge of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy, we sound together the mantra, the invocation of light. Radiance are we and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work 
and turn the darkness into day. Thank you. There's a simple aphorism given out in the ancient wisdom teachings which highlights the importance of working together in group formation, which is one of the signatures and opportunities of the work we do each day together in triangles. This affirmation runs as follows. As birds fly together to summer realms, so souls unite in flight. Passing through the gate, they lust alight before the throne of God. And there's an annotation that followed this aphorism that stated that it was written by an unknown saint of the church, one who traveled not alone. So here we see that the oft-repeated information that the law of analogy is one of the key factors or teaching modes on the spiritual path. Spiritual teachers throughout time have repeatedly highlighted this fact in the many parables that they used to teach rather simple people throughout time deep spiritual truths. And in this particular aphorism, our attention is drawn to birds flying in formation. And why are souls compared to this formation? Souls in flight. It reminds us then we work together spiritually and inner union is possible and is in fact, very much the nature of the soul itself, for the soul is the group. And at that level, we can accomplish much that as limited individuals is not possible to us. In group formation, birds gain velocity through the aid of the other birds. The uplift in the wings of the bird in front of each One serves to pull them along, and a type of current is established within the group. They possess an instinctual telepathy between themselves. Birds combine several different types of senses when they navigate. They get compass information, we're told, from the sun and the stars, and authored to a sensing of the Earth's magnetic field. They get information from the position of the setting and rising sun and from landmarks that they see from high distances during their long journeys, which serve as guideposts along the way. There's even evidence that a sense of smell plays a role in their migration. 
it's interesting to note that they fly in V formation as in is clearly the most effective formation in producing the maximum speed with the least amount of effort. Birds in flight are prepared, directed, focused, and polarized to achieve their goal, which is survival itself. Birds are highly responsive to the times and seasons of the year. The fall season we're moving towards in the Northern Hemisphere becomes one of the most important and challenging times for birds, particularly those that migrate, for it is an arduous and oft perilous journey that they undertake, and their preparations begin now. The migrating birds respond instinctively to the shortening of the days, the growing shortage of the food as the fall moves forward, and the falling of leaves that give them a sense of a need for greater protection from susceptibility to predators. All these factors combine to signal that this is the time to make preparations for the rigorous time ahead. The preparations needed prior to the flight south are grueling. Birds prepare for their journey by stocking up on food and in order to gain strength for the long journey ahead. Contemporary life also creates hazards for migrating birds. The many lights, the exceedingly tall buildings have all caused interruptions and resulted in millions of casualties among the bird population. And who knows as well if electromagnetic radiation is also interfering with their journeys, just as it may very well be interfering with our own. As we move through our spiritual journeys, we know that this period of Virgo, a mutable sign, is a time to begin shifting and preparing for the challenges and opportunities of the lower interlude period that lies ahead, the time of the waning of the light. But this Virgo period this year, following it as it does upon the influx of the Syrian energies during the two Leo full moon periods, surely has resulted in a tremendous release of light. This light and the abundant harvest Virgo offers helps prepare us as well for the long journey within the annual cycle, which lies ahead. We're moving quickly towards the lower interlude and the movement towards the great moment of opportunity, which the winter solstice always holds out to the group. The opening, opening aphorism encapsulates aspects of the opportunity we have as triangles members and more broadly as people following a spiritual path. That is to work collectively in group formation, finding direction from the alignment offered by the group. The groups consisting of many and varied sizes, qualities, and intentions. Through our work together in triangles, we aid the logos in creating a sacred planet, 
and he needs, we're told, humanity's focused assistance to achieve that goal. It's a long-term goal, a long journey that we're on together. And we can most effectively aid in this process as we learn to work together. And through that means, as the mantra states, one day we will be enabled to alight before the throne of God. So let's work now with our meditation. Let's take our place on the mental plane, linking in thought as a soul, as a point of love and light linked with all other people throughout the world who are working in this Triangles Meditation Group. Holding that alignment on the mental plane, we project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual center of Shambhala, and we sound together the affirmation of will. In the center of the will of God, I stand. Not shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the Radiant Worldwide Triangles Network. Visualize the light of the group soul coming down into the heart of the group, underlying the network and infusing it with love. 
Now project a line of lighted energy towards the world teacher who stands at the heart of love, at the center of the hierarchy and also at the heart of each triangle. Visualize the energies of love, light, and goodwill circulating in and around the Triangles Network. Visualize these energies unifying and eliminating all divisions between humanity, healing and transforming human consciousness, establishing right human relationships. Now, prior to sounding the mantra of unification, let's project a rainbow bridge of energy towards the spiritual hierarchy. The souls of all are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events 
and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere. Prior to sounding the great invocation, let's pause to consider the work that will be done by the words as they're poured out. And as we repeat each stanza, let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity as a channel through which light, love, and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness. From the point of light, within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love, within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills. The purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth.
Thank you, everyone. And now I'd like to welcome again to uh, Clarence. If you can unmute your microphone. There you go. And um, if you can share your screen, I'll stop my screen. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, let's see how I do that. Yes. Um, Okay, there we go. Okay. So, good afternoon, uh, Kathy. I think that's what it is by you. Here it's evening. Yes, thank uh, you. <laughs> and thank you for sharing with us again. Um, so I thought it might be a good idea for you to share again for those people who were not here and for those who didn't have it fully sink into their consciousness, a little bit about your work with the Great Invocation which you call the Great Wheel of Soul Education. So could you uh, yeah. tell us a little bit about this again? Because it was most interesting. Sure. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a clumsy <laughs> term to use, perhaps a great invocation as a great wheel of soul education. Um, and well, as you mentioned, my background has been and is as a teacher and uh, being familiar with the Great Invocation from many, many years back, um, before I trained as a teacher, actually, I was always holding questions, um, one of which was, how does this relate to education and the work that I want to be doing, um, even in ordinary classrooms? So it's that kind of a journey that led me to look at the Great Invocation as a curriculum, and the image that um, I hope everybody can see on the, on the screen, um, it's actually that of the zodiac signs in a circle, the circle of the zodiac, and the rough kind of correspondence in terms of when in the year those signs come into focus as the sun appears to move, move through the sky. Um, and what I shared uh, on, on that occasion, when we looked at the Great Invocation as a curriculum, a soul curriculum, um, was that there, there are 12 signs of the zodiac, and it's quite simple to align each line of the invocation with the signs, with, with one or other of the signs of the zodiac. So if you look to the, um, the, the left of the screen where it says uh, April, and the sign next to it there is Aries, and that sign would correspond to the first line of the Great Invocation, from the point of light within the mind of God. And then you would travel downwards or, or anti-clockwise through to May, June, July, and with each month, with each sign, there would be um, the next line of the um, of this of the great invocation and so it's it's this provides a way of working with the great 
invocation in a kind of a slow down rhythm, really taking time, a whole period of a month um, to let, let, the, let the consciousness, I suppose, um, dwell on the words of the corresponding line. So for example, we are now in the period of, well, we're in September, I mean, the sign of Virgo, and this, that's the sixth sign. And the sixth line of the great invocation is may Christ or may the coming one return to earth. Um, so that, that's, um, so for the whole month and so for many years now, I've been working with this as a sense of turning the wheel of the great invocation um, through my attention on a on a month by month basis through the course of the year, um, and it has proven very useful in a, in a number of ways. Not least of which, it means if I don't learn the lesson this year, then I've got next year to work again, and um, maybe to see again, deepen, review um, what uh, my work with the great invocation, and I think. Um, this provides a way, in fact, there are many, many things that can emerge um, as in working this way with aligning the invocation with the great invocation. Um, there are a number of things that will come up. Uh, I'm, I'm not versed enough to be able to jump between the slides. I have a few other slides that I'd like to look at along as we go. But that's, the, that's it in a nutshell, that the great invocation can be, if you want, put on the form of a wheel or a circle, mm -hmm. and, and then that allows us to work with it in terms of time and to recognize that as we're moving into the, the Aquarian age, then in some way, um, it's quite interesting if we look at the 11th line, because Aquarius is the 11th sign, the 11th line is uh, let the plan of love and light work out. And so for me, it seems to be there is a hint there that that's the whole striving that we are entering into throughout this, this Aquarian age, these, these next couple thousand years, that humanity learning to really work out um, a, a civilization, a culture, a consciousness that really carries the energies of love and light. So all the, the things that that implies. So that's kind of maybe a, a kind of summary of where I was going with this the last time. Well, it's very interesting, you know, when you bring up the idea of Virgo corresponding, may Christ return to earth, because it, as you know, one of the main qualities of this sign of Virgo is the Christ within the, the heart, you know? And yeah. so it, have you found that each of these uh, mantric phrases has a real correlation to the energy of the sign? Almost definitely. Um, yeah. Even when it's not so apparent, yeah. it, you know, I, I, there's enough there that has prompted me to, to, if you want to hold the question, how, how is this related? What does this, what does this mean? What does this mean in practice? What does this mean in, in my practice in terms of how I, how I live, how I look at things? Um, and the awareness that all of the signs are actually always there. It's, it's a question of a kind of a rhythmic approach to working with the different energies. Yeah. Um, but definitely a, a correspondence, um, maybe the one that was most challenging for me, and simply maybe because I don't know enough about astrology, 
but in July, the sign of Cancer, and that corresponds to the fourth line from the point of love within the heart of God. And, you know, the, the theme as I, I am thinking of it tonight is circle and point. At a point of love, Cancer is kind of embracing and, and holding on and, and the masses and all kind of consciousness. And yet here we are talking about a point in, in the great invocation, a point of love. But it's not just any point of love, it's the point of love within the heart of God. And straight away that kind of universalizes it, it seems to me. Um, so there is this question of the point and, and, the, and the whole, you know, and how they relate and whether or what we can learn by attempting to hold the two in awareness and circle and the point. Yes. Yeah. I mean, well, cancer uh, and the fourth, the fourth house esoterically are very much related to the ashram, you know, to the mm -hmm. inner, the inner home. And in a sense mm -hmm. that can very much relate to the idea of the Christ, you know, the point of love within yeah. the heart. The ashramic centers are within the planetary heart. They're within the Christ. They're the outpost of his expression. So yeah, I think you can work out a relationship there as well. Um, is the final line, because uh, I, I don't remember the full sequence, is the final line of the great invocation, is that, yeah. is that Pisces or is it? No, because actually, I mean, there are 12 signs. Uh, I've worked with them, 12 signs of the zodiac, but the great invocation has 13. Right, lines. that's what I was wondering. Yeah, that yeah. makes yeah. more sense. You know, that yeah. makes so much sense <laughs> because the final line would then encapsulate the entire wheel, you know? Yeah, well, there are two ways that I've kind of worked with that because um, I... I I've always worked in a way that says, if, if this I have found to be a value, and then I come across something else, and I say, this also is of value, how are they connected? Mm -hmm. In what way can, can attempting to connect them reveal things that maybe I might not otherwise see? Yeah. So, so the, 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 to see the, the whole of the circle as being encapsulated in that final line, um, and but to locate it, it kind of was a bit messy to try and put it all around on the outside. And because I work with the circle and point, I say, well, that that actually is the point. It's it's right there. That is the point. That light and love and power restore the plan on earth. That's the point of doing all these individual kind of foci, focal points, um, as you go through the implication with each line and giving it attention point is summed up if you want in, in the in the center so yeah. i take i take the the 13th line as being um the closest we can get in in some ways to words that describe what's going on in the center of this of this wheel uh, as i have it here depicted yeah you know um and if you if you take that line um and span it across that inner circle with the triangle, then 
there are 11 words, which is again quite interesting because these 11 words seem to sum up what's happening in the 11th sign Aquarius in terms of the next 2000 years. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. So the 11th word, the middle word is actually power. Mm. Yes, and Christ and, coming to implement the will aspects. And, yeah, and, and kind of following that kind of line, it, it's also interesting that power is uh, the middle letter is W. So it creates that, that wave mm -hmm. motion. So, so for me, this let light stream yeah, and let love stream, they are here in, next to February, you see two, two wavy lines symbolizing the waters of life of Aquarius. Yeah. And, yeah. and so for me, the, the, the power relates to the power uh, that is available, that is to be released, harnessed, implemented in terms of the qualities of Aquarius in the times that we are now entering. Yeah. So a big question for me is around, well, how do you carry this energy? If, if power is, is much, much more power than I could normally carry, how do we carry this safely? How do we put, comes back to the circle? The circle represents the group, all of us, actually all humanity and maybe any group. So the circle can be kind of any size, any size we want. Um, yeah. And that's a question that comes back to me several times as I work, you know, how big is the circle or what's the circle? In the same way as I ask, what's the point? <laughs> and they are, they are, the question isn't a frivolous one. Yeah. It's kind of, there are ways, I think, for me asking questions, there are ways of listening again for, for what do I see today? Because what maybe I understood yesterday might have been very enlightening to me and I might have gone, wow. But today, the same question can be relevant. And it also, I mean, comparing it and using the wheel, overlaying the great invocation, lets us, familiarizes us with the idea that we're not alone and that we have this entire zodiac to draw on and all of the planetary rulers and the rays that work through the yeah. science. You know, it's, there's so much that is available to this planet and to humanity to aid us in our work of helping to transform consciousness. So I think- so it, It's quite interesting that, I mean, I, I found myself realizing that, okay, so I've got a couple of PowerPoint um, slides, but it's, it's um, PowerPoint is an interesting little phrase. What's, what's, can we learn to work from the point of power? Mm -hmm. And, you know, in a way, you know, as a young man taking up uh, martial arts studies from a kind of deep sense that this is worth doing, not just for me, but for how I could want, best want to be on the planet. Um, and I adopted this simple symbol, which actually is a simplification of what we've just been looking at. It's a circle and then there is the point. But if that central word power is taken to be held as a mystery in that infinite point at the center, um, then there is something for me around responsibility. 
And how do we learn to handle power responsibly and sensitively in a way that's not destructive? Yeah. And one of the things, one of the answers for that to, to me is the relation between the triangle and the circle. Every single triangle uh, marks three points in a circle. They are linked by a circle. And so inherently, whether we are aware of the circle or not, by working with two other people with, with that kind of intention, mental visualization that we are creating and maintaining and energizing a circle, we are automatically in, in a field, if you want, in a, in a circle, in a field. And so it's quite interesting when we usually begin these webinars, we, we invited to visualize the planet, the sphere of the planet, and then to see network of triangles within this. And so there's a clear connection then between the, the, the learning to work in triangles for me is teaching us to work as a, as a, as a whole, as a representative of, of circles on any levels. Yeah. And then the main thing there for me is that it also, if we are relating it to our in use of invocation, then to attend to power, the wisdom is that you must attend to light and love if the power is going to be effective yeah. in what, what we say the point is, that let, let, the, let light and love and power restore the power. None of the three can be left out of the equation. Yeah, yeah, so, and yeah. the light, the light prepares the way for the love, and the love and light prepare the way for the power. Yeah, yeah. and and the flow goes the other way too. Or you can start at any point, and 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 move towards the other two to embrace. Um, if if I if I was um, I suppose had time and was more gifted, I would have done circles into weaving and, <laughs> and all these things because it, it also talks about how groups um, learn to cooperate with each other. And if, if the point of the work of a given circle or group uh, is in harmony with the point that, that animates, if you want, the life of another circle or group, then we are linking, we are linking spheres. And there is something for me around uh, our planet is but one of a number within our solar system. Um, and we are already beginning to reach out to other planets, but we are carrying our old attitudes of exploitation and, and you know, what resources we can get from rather than what we may have to offer to whatever else and what we may be able to learn from the, our interaction um, with other planets. So there's a lot of work, a lot of work to do. Yeah. Um, before we had this webinar, I was telling you about a question that someone sent in, and I wondered if you had any thoughts on it. And she asked about why we thought that the word point was used in the first two stanzas of the Great Invocation, but then mm. in the third and fourth stanzas, the word center was used. Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, they're kind of vague, I think. <laughs> Me too, mine um, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, one of the things 
Yeah, it is one of the, if we are studying and paying attention, I think it, it's a natural question. And, and uh, I was talking earlier about linking, linking points. So for me, uh, the way I've worked with it is to see these two points as at the very least, they are related. Mm -hmm. um, and there are suggestions that one can look at the point of light as being represented by the Buddha. Mm -hmm. and that you can look at the point of love as represented by the Christ. I, I think these kinds of suggestions are helpful, but they, for me, I never take them, if you want, too concretely as if, okay, this is set in stone. Yeah. Um, but they may, they may help. But then why the shift? Um, why the shift to, to um, the word center? Uh, and then inviting, I suppose, us to see, first of all, um, Shambhala as a center rather than as an individual or as, as something that can be summed up by one individual. But then the next time that center is mentioned, it's, um, it's the 77th word. Um, I know that because I counted. <laughs> um, and it's referring to humanity. Yeah, from the center, and, and when I say it's the 77th word, I'm speaking specifically of, if you want, the original English version yeah. of, of the Great Invocation. So if you use that version uh, and, and check some of the numbers in there, again, they can provoke a, a kind of a, an insight that, that is not apparent by just looking at the words. So the reason that I mentioned it's the 77th word was that caught my attention because in focusing on the point, and as the word power has been um, at least symbolically represented by that point at the center, the focal point, um, the word power, if you translate that into numbers as per numerology, the raw number is 77. And so I, my question then was, how are these connected and, and, and is it? connected and you leave those questions to kind of percolate and um, in time one of the connections that I see is that for any center to work with power um, it can be most effective if you're working with the principle of seven and we know that the great invocation seven basic statements ancient um, symbolical language or whatever the details are, but it's seven basic statements, which are preserved in the in the sentencing, you know, full stops, the the, the um, syntax of the great invocation of you know it in English, seven sentences. So we've been talking recently about the seven rays, and um, so there is a connection between this symbol, circle, and point. Um, it's quite interesting that if you look at this symbol. Uh, how it's used out there in the world. In astronomy, it is the basic symbol of the sun uh, without any, if you want, hocus pocus around, around that. In astrology, it represents the sun, but also the self. And so this, everything that we can learn, if we, if we take that as, as a, on a practical kind of level, the circling point represents myself it actually represents maybe anything that has a self. It represents the self. So it's a universal symbol 
of uh, our in education, we used to say it, it, um, that one of the goals when whenever we are drafting a um, curriculum for the school and, and, and mission statements is to produce rounded uh, students, rounded individuals, people who go out into the world as rounded personalities, as rounded, all rounded and, and so on. So there's this sense of to be a full sense, to be a full self, um, I kind of need to be uh, many faceted, if you want, but that those facets are kind of smoothed out into, into one. There is, um, the, the, I think I, I was looking for the word, uh, well, let me share this first. I'm not even sure I can see it properly because um, <laughs> the, the images are, um, covering up part of what's there. But maybe you can read that for yourselves, Black Elk. You've noticed that everything an Indian does is in a circle. Um, the power of the world always works in circles. When we were a strong and happy people, all our power came from this sacred hoop of the nation. So that the, the circle represented the whole nation. And as long as the hoop was unbroken, and the people flourished. And then he talks about what came or comes from the different directions. And uh, the quote that I found um, goes on to talk about this, that the power of the world, everything the power of the world does is done in a circle. The sky is around, earth is around like a ball, so the stars, etc. So this, this sense that to work with that awareness of the circle is important. Um, it's, it's maybe it's part of indigenous wisdom. Yeah, there's um, not too much time left. We'll go a little bit further because we started yeah. late. So yeah. there are many comments and you might want to read a few of them out to the group. Can you see the chat box? Do, do that, give me a second. Oh, chat box. Yes. Quite a few there. <laughs> I can go back up. Yeah. Oh, they are not. <laughs> uh, uh, okay to get deeper in a splendid procedure, procedure Isabel says, Isabel Kung, to get deeper into each astrological sign in correlation to a line of the great invocation. Yeah, thank you um, for appreciating that. It's, uh, I think it's, it's something that's accessible by anyone who chooses to look at it. Yeah. And you asked Isabel how to place the last line, and I think that's been answered hopefully. Um, the upper point of the triangle corresponds to the signs ox. And then uh, this is from Volodymyr. Um, and so there's reference to ox roost to snake in Eastern horoscope. Yeah. Uh, the point is the sum of the center. Suzanne was uh, reinforcing. Power uh, says VN, power is carried by pouring it out to the people. That's interesting. 
Aquarius is the sign of distribution. Yes, I mean, I, I would agree with that. And yet there's part of me that says, and, and power in the wrong hands is problematic. And so there is something around responsibility and maybe wisdom. And what, what do we empower when we act with, with authority and with power, even as we are trying to be of service? Um, so yeah, it, it's, it seems as if there is some kind of discipline and wisdom needed um, in order to work well and rightly with power. And I think part of it is to do with group work, but it's also to do with what we are evoking um, in response to our use of the great invocation. Yes, uh, a couple of people highlighted earlier that the point within the circle is a symbol of the sun, which is the solar logos. I'm reading from Santana star here, which is the solar logos radiant son of all souls. May we become living souls, living sons, radiating the light, love and power, goodwill to earth, for the health and well-being of humanity and all beings. Thank you, Santana. So yes, as you said, we are, we are kind of close. I don't know if you're seeing any that we, we wouldn't want to miss any of the, the comments, but are there any you want to highlight, Kathy? Uh, I was just going along with you, so I wasn't really looking okay, ahead yeah. at them. Yeah. Um, I see reference to that this brings to mind the Tibetan prayer wheel. Um, yeah. Well, um, hopefully, anyway, you'll send these to me, please. I will. <laughs> yes, yeah. I will. Um, I, I think I wanted to. Now, how do I come out of this? There we go. Um, wanted to share this just because um, the word monad is sometimes used. And, and here I found this uh, that suggests not just that it's maybe the, the spirit and essence of who we are, and I referred earlier to the self, but the origin and the genesis. And I think that's quite um, relevant to the sign of Virgo um, and the birthing in the cave of the heart that you referred to earlier, uh, Kathy. Yeah. So, yeah. It also reminds me that the point is very much related to the monad, right? And so, in the first two stanzas, I agree with you that um, they could be a relationship to the Buddha and the Christ, and those two great avatars could be visualized as standing within the heart of of the Sanat Kumara, you know, the heart and the mind of Sanat Kumara points within his consciousness. So mm. um, yeah. that's a, another way that it could be visualized. But yes, so many great comments and um, we'll review them and we'll send them to, to Clarence. And just to thank you so much uh, for being with us to get, again, sharing great your pleasure, wisdom. Yeah. And we should continue to work with this wheel because it's, it's most evocative of, of thought for our group and to help give us a, a, a tangible way of working with the great invocation. So it's, it's really to be uh, used. And thank you so much for doing that. So let's just...
close with a moment of silence to link up with all the other uh, Triangles members throughout the world, visualizing the planet as a sphere of lighted energy surrounded by this golden network of Triangles. And we sound the own. Thank you, everyone, and thank you, Clarence.